The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I'm Liz Cully. And as always, I am Darren Carp. Liz, you look bright, you look happy. You're coming back from a little vacay. Sure did. I slept 10 hours a night. (laughs) (laughs) There's also like not much else to do. So you're just like sleeping in a hotel in a different area, I'm sure is like just a nice vacation. Like, I mean, it was a long drive. I went all the way up for those Californians. I went to Cambria, which is right before Hearst Castle. Yes. And it's kind of the last town. It's basically Cambria, San Simeon, right before Big Sur. So weird. I was just reading a Joan Didion piece about San Simeon and the Hearst Castle because I've been there and I was like, oh shit, because I just bought Joan Didion's new book. And I was like, man, I haven't been there in a while. And then there you go. Well, there's not much to do. Yeah. (laughs) The food is mediocre at best. You can drive about 40 minutes inland to Paso Robles, which is amazing food and wine. It was lovely, but- because we, everything closed at eight o'clock. Right. Oh, wow. It's like London. Yeah. Well, you had to vacate restaurants because of COVID at eight o'clock, even though you were like freezing outside eating, whatever. Right. We went back to the hotel and there was nothing to do, but like literally get in bed and watch TV. But the Australian Open was uh, it was on tennis, which Rachel and I both love. I passed out because I may or may not have allegedly taken an edible. Allegedly. And f- <laughs> we can neither confirm nor deny if you did, right? No. And the time difference, you know, it's kind of perfect to watch it at night, or at least on the West Coast, because you're like getting it live. And I fall asleep. And before I fell asleep, I'm like, oh, I wonder if Renee Stubbs is, you know, doing her thing. Yeah, she is. She's in Australia. And I pass out and Rachel shakes me awake. It's like one in the morning. She's still up. And she's like, Renee is on camera. And I literally come up like a zombie with a dead arm with the, <laughs> with the phone in my hand. I'm like, must capture content for scissoring. Anyway, I loved seeing her. I love seeing um, her. I, I texted know you her about said hi. Yeah, I texted her about her coverage, seeing when she was gonna get back. It's always fun seeing like a friend. I loved Serena's one-legged full body oh, jumpsuit, whatever. Like I was digging that. I was thinking to myself, I kept saying this to Nadine. I was like, I'd be sweating my dick off in that thing. But like, I know. Okay. I know. Like clearly she knows way more about it than me. I had an eventful weekend in that I was on Good Morning America on Saturday. And this was the first yes. time since. So basically my first time that I ever was on Good Morning America was about a year ago. And that was in studio. And that was my first time. And then they started asking me back like every month, but then I immediately went remote. So I've only been in the studio for Good Morning America once, right? And so when they started doing it remotely, I never got hair and makeup. I had to do it like I was doing my normal show. So this last time they were like, do you want hair and makeup? And I go to a remote studio and I was like, fuck Yes, I always. do. Right. Yes like, to the hair and I, makeup, like just always. all around for me. And I look terrible in the mornings. And so I get there, the woman, my, my makeup artist actually was vaccinated. So she was kind of telling me all the ways to kind of do it. And she was young. So sweet. Uh, was a drag queen actually has a really cool drag queen name called Nita squeeze. So I'm uh, following Nita squeeze. Shout out to Nita squeeze for ooh, doing my makeup. I like that name. We talked about drag race a lot and uh, I told her about our podcast, but, uh, get in there, do my segment, right? Great. Went well. I go home. I go back to sleep. And my mom always comments on my segment. She always like tells me what I do wrong, whatever this and that. And what you do right. And what I do right. Yeah. Mostly she was like, good, good job. Or like your outfit looked good. Your makeup looked good. I was so stoked. This is the first time in a while I did her makeup. They bumped me for the impeachment trial. And I was like, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no, I didn't I mean, realize that. Well, I mean, I oh, aired no. in some markets and it's still online, so it's not like you'll never get to see it, but I was like, God damn it. <laughs> this impeachment Welcome trial. Welcome to the entertainment <laughs> yeah. industry, folks. Welcome to the entertainment. That's like, remember when I was supposed to do the social promo for the Chelsea Handler stand-up oh show with yes, HBO? Yes. And it's like, for days, I'm like freaking out. Yeah, you're like, what's like, going to happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, huh? Like, oh my God. Totally. I'm like, do I wash my hair? Do I not wash my hair? I need the perfect amount of oil in my hair right. just to do the and hair. And then they were like, and then like, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I got bumped for Kate Beckinsale, who she, who Chelsea never met before. Granted, uh, whatever. I mean, it's it not Kate like she'd Beckinsale, met me before. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know, but what the fuck? What the fuck? Anyway, oh god, that's a good well, bump. That's a good bump. Anyway, it, it was it, a it's, good bump. Uh, it was funny. I thought you would get a kick out of that. Granted, impeachment trial very important. I think probably more important than the things I could tell oh, you god. to binge. I get it, but I would rather you tell me what to binge. I was, at the- <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, American Idol, uh, which premieres, which premiered oh. Sunday on Valentine's Day. Cinderella on Disney Plus, the 1997 version with Brandy, of course. Mm-hmm. And then Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar with Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo. Done. I mean, what a love story, those two. I know. Let me tell I you. I know. Annie Mumolo went to Nadine's high school, oddly enough. Of course. I know. And like Jeff Lewis did. I don't fucking know. Anyway, that was my weekend. Should we get to the queue? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> Guys, we want to welcome you to the queue where we share some highlights and happenings within the LGBTQ plus and ally community. And don't be shy, listeners. We want to hear from you too. If you've got the scoop or have someone you want us to shout out, feel free to shoot us a DM at SIAT Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Okay, so the news has been dark, I would say, over this past week. And I actually wanted to highlight something good because this week we have Heather Gay. And Heather Gay, how you would know her is she's a real housewife of Salt Lake City, but she's a business owner. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mom. She is, I would say, one of, if not the breakout star of this season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Liz? I agree. Okay. Well, here's what I'll say. Because I'm okay, a little one. bit more like involved in the process. Like I want to hear it from like your fresh eyes because you binged everything before talking to Heather. Well, I binged it and now I'm like all caught yeah, up. Now you're obsessed. Rachel, my wife, who's like not, you wouldn't, ex- she'd never watched A Real Housewife. Right. Well, she's like, a therapist so she franchise. like doesn't need to see. No, like- no, but she like loves Kardashians. No, no, Rachel like loves some reality, sure. but she's just never watched it ever. But we have watched the whole thing. We are so invested. I think Salt Lake is probably one of the best franchises I've ever seen of this series. It has the most layers, I would say, other than just like drama yes. because it's it, it's familial. Like there's people that are related on the show. It's diverse. And there's a lot of like tensions among the religion and that we've never had. It's so good. So anyway, so I would agree that she is the breakout star. Yeah. What I would also say though, is that a lot of them really bring the juice in their own different ways. I agree. What I loved about Heather is that I just really related to her a lot. I related to how some of the other women treated her in particular, Lisa. I have so many Lisa's in my life. And you talked to Heather about that. You related on that. I did. And I, God, I just, I just love that Heather Gay. Well, if you're listening, I fucking love you. And like, I get it. If you're not a huge Housewives fan, if you're listening to this, I completely understand, but I highly recommend. You should watch anyway. 
watching, uh, definitely listening to this interview and giving it a shot after you listen to this interview. And granted, we're not just talking about housewives. We're mostly talking about LDS and Mormonism and the relationship with the church and her leaving in and still kind of being ingrained in it, especially in Salt Lake City. And that was really the heart of this episode. And she gave it to us straight and she wasn't offended by anything we asked. And we could kind of Use the stare, at least for me, use the stereotypes that I think that we know of Mormonism, you know, polygamy, underwear, even calling it Mormon is somewhat derogatory in the community. As she yeah, ex- which we both learned. Yeah. As she explained, which I said, like, I thought it was Church of LDS, but blah, 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 blah. But taking those stereotypes to get a deeper dive look, I thought was actually very helpful and something that she could kind of either lean into or squash. And that was really great. And So part of the cue today that I wanted to talk about was she was lovely enough. We complimented her, I believe, on her necklaces at the end of the episode because we do it via Zoom. I mean, I was just like, you were in all, you were drooling the entire time. Yeah, hair, everything. I want in. I was just like, can I get on a PJ to Park City? No, you were like, you were like a Sundance at your house, Heather Gay. Yes. Also, like, if you're listening, Do you have please. sperm? Because I will take your sperm. Right. Oh, my God. Well, she- <gasps> Wait, I actually have a cue, too. Wait, sorry. I'll, I'll hold it. I have something oh, okay. I have to tell you. That it's scissoring worlds collide. Oh, well, I love that. Uh, my cue is just that <laughs> we complimented her on this necklace, and she was like, I'm sending you and Liz one. Like, pick your character. And I chose RBG, and there are little pendants. Which one did you get, Liz? I got Kamala because right. I fucking forever am a and we're gonna Kamala is like the best and we are going to post these on our Instagram today so you should see yeah. them on scissoring at listen to Liz and at uh, Carpe Darren just to see them because they're so sweet and here's the card that she wrote me and I'm sure she probably wrote something even oh, a yes, novella for card. you but she wrote Darren always ready to scissor with you thanks for a fun afternoon HG Liz do you have your card. Okay, I got the same note, but I just want to say that I know that it meant different it mo- stuff it meant to more each of to us. You, more to her, to you, I think. But the point of this uh, <laughs> is that these are called awe-inspired AWE necklaces. They have a whole booklet. You know, you can get like Joan of Arc, mm. Persephone, uh, Marie Curie, I believe, including RBG, including Kamala. And they partner with Trevor Project. And so they donated 20% of their so proceeds nice. from every order to our national charity partner. And one of which this month is the Trevor Project. And as you know, the Trevor Project, we did a candle collab and donated all of our proceeds to the Trevor Project. And it's the only national accredited suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ plus youth under ages 25, roughly, but obviously they're not turning anyone away. And we just want any opportunity to shout out the Trevor Project. We are here for it. And I'm glad Heather's doing the same. I loved it. It's up so nice of her. First of all, you so and I sweet. never get gifts for ever no, as a and thank Heather you. Was so a gift, thank you. So there you go. Yeah, we were very, we were very touched. What's your cue, by the okay, way? Okay, my quick one is guess who hung out? And I saw it on the internet, even though I wasn't in town and I wish I had been there. Justin Anderson and Bob Harper were together in Los Angeles having drinks, hanging out, because I believe Justin is here. He was doing promo for the very Cavalry show. That's what I figured out from his Insta and we DM'd a little bit and he was so sweet. And he's like, next time let's all hang out. Hopefully Darren, you can be in oh LA and we can all hang out. Those would be, that would be such a good quadruple, right? Us two with yeah. Bob and Justin, like that would be, that'd be pretty fantastic. It would be the best. Mix a little Reza in there, maybe a little buck. Ooh. We could do what we could do. We have a we have a guy coming up named Hig. Hig could be cool in there. Oh my God. Just thinking Hig of all the, the dudes, just thinking of all the dudes. Okay. Okay. I'm here for it. Yeah. 
But anyway, that was my little scissoring collide. Do we think they scissored or no? We don't think they scissored. I think they used to scissor and I think they're just friends yeah, now. Yeah, they just, they're, <laughs> now they're just friends. But that's exciting. And I'm glad that you keep up on it enough to DM and like you keep us, Ravioli's ready for Heather excited. Gay. She just, Ravioli's ready for Heather Gay. No, she was just funny. She just kind of looked at me and gave a little like, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Because, I mean, who doesn't, who can't think that way when they imagine Justin and Bob Harper together? <sighs> I felt the same. Um, But yeah, I'm ready for Heather Gay. I'm, first of all, Heather Gay, if you're listening, we please come back love you. on the yeah, show. Yeah, we have 9,000 more questions. I think at the end of it, I had so many. And then Liz was like, we've been running for an hour. Like, let's get to the game. And I was like, oh, shit. Because it went by so quick. I know. And she was awesome. So everyone enjoy Heather Gay. Happy belated Valentine's Day or fuck Valentine's Day. Whatever spectrum you side on, we're here for it. We respect all spectrums here. Oh, and also if you guys don't know, the Real Housewives reunion part two is tomorrow. That's right. So check it out. And if you haven't binged this season, please stop and do so immediately. Enjoy. Holy shit, right? Like you're excited. I'm excited. You're dying. You've literally just binged all of Salt Lake City. This is very fresh in your mind. So I am proud and honored (laughs) to introduce our next guest, a devout Mormon from birth, ladies and gentlemen. Heather Gay was married to Mormon royalty for 11 years, but has distanced herself from the church after her divorce. A self-proclaimed good Mormon gone bad. She now considers herself Mormon ish as she plays by her own rules a devoted mother to three beautiful daughters she owns a burgeoning med spa business beauty lab and laser where the ladies often frequent i have a feeling liz will be asking you for a free treatment as this show continues as she embarks on the next chapter of her life heather is on a journey of self-discovery as she finds her voice and looks for love again heather gay welcome to scissoring isn't a thing thank you for having me this is a thrill i'm so excited hey come here ash hop on in my three beautiful daughters this one's on quarantine for hey, right hey. oh there's beautiful number one nice to meet you nice to meet you i love it like the best kid we love you i just like to show you off you know i'm a proud mom you got good hair um, game by the way good hair game all I'm around to talk about i know that is objectify your ladies could we could we talk about her brains could we talk about <laughs> her come on I have to tell you, when watching the show with my wife, who's a therapist, which we will yes. definitely get into, Ooh, double whammy. watching the housewives with a therapist, ex-entertainment exec, is very fascinating. But your daughters and your relationship with your kids is great. They're really good kids. My wife was like, those are the sweetest kids. And I just got to tell you, that doesn't always translate well, on reality. What have, you know? Yeah. She's twerking behind the Zoom camera because she just goes <laughs> upstairs. She's a great kid. She's a good Mormon gone bad. You know what I mean, Heather? I it happens to the best of us. Yes. She's got next to her dad tattoo on her arm. But no, I yeah. just have to say, just such a lovely relationship to watch. Well, thank you. I The show has made me realize like how great, I mean, I always knew I had great kids, but I was... I never got to enjoy them as individuals because I felt so much pressure to nurture them so that I looked like a good mom. You know what I mean? So I I was like, I don't really care how you feel inside, but you're going to need to put on this sweater and smile at this joke. You know what I mean? But this whole experience has really, I get to appreciate them as like these little independent fiery souls that I was ruining their lives when I thought I was saving it. That's the weird like mind meld, you know? Yeah. We like to ask at the beginning of our episodes, and I think you've listened to at least yeah, one, which, I have, you know, yes. I died. I still feel nervous. 
<laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, also for the listeners, Heather like low key slid into the scissoring DMs around the holidays and I was shitting bricks and messaging Darren. <laughs> yeah, Liz, I think you texted me and you're like, what do, what do I say? And I was like, treat her like a normal person because she's a normal person. I died. I died. Yes, I was like, like, I don't know what to do. What do I say? Right high back yeah. to oh, her, God. Liz. Anyway, yes. but we love to give the opportunity for our guests to identify themselves, whether that's gender and sexuality or both. But would you mind identifying yourself or what you would like to be identified as for the listeners? Absolutely. I am a cisgender female that identifies as straight and by cougar curious. Yes. By Cougar Curie. All right. This is going to be that in. I threw that in for Claire. I felt boring. (laughs) I felt like, you know, got to give him some sort of kink. Fair. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was, I mean, just brilliant. And I'm actually proud that a lot of parents don't know what cisgender is for some reason. Like I always felt that was kind of like maybe 28 years old and younger knew what that was. But like, because I only recently learned what cisgender was. That wasn't terminology when I was a kid. So Absolutely. And I love that we have the proper terms. It takes all the charge out of it. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, that's absolutely true. And we're definitely going to get into that. You know, a lot of times we talk about religion on this podcast as it relates to either how someone grew up, they're out of it, they're in it. You know, we've had gay Catholics on the show. We've had all different types of people. You're the first one that we've ever had that's with a religion that I really plead ignorance on and I don't know much about, even though it really is like America's religion. I mean, there's almost nothing more American than Mormonism. In my intro uh, and bio to you, I I introduced you as Mormon-ish. Two questions with that. Could you elaborate a little bit more on what that means? And two, I've heard through the grapevine that saying Mormon is derogatory and I should say Latter-day Saints. Is that true? And am I saying the wrong term by saying Mormon? Okay. I'll, I'll address the second part of that question first, because then we can use the term, you know, freely. Properly. Yeah. So um, for the history of the church, we referred to ourselves as LDS, which was, you know, an acronym for Latter-day Saints, because the official name of the church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we were negatively given the nickname Mormons because we believe in the Book of Mormon as an additional scripture to the Holy Bible. So Mormons became kind of our lexicon, and we were proud of being Mormons for decades. Like we'd sing a song, I'm a Mormon, mormon.org was the church's official website, and the word word Mormon wasn't negative or pejorative at all. It was just what we were. We're Mormons. You could say I'm LDS, but that's, you know, who knows what that is. And when I grew up, I always got LDS and LSD confused and it made me very uncomfortable as a child. <laughs> like very deeply uncomfortable That could be fun to get confused though, Heather. I mean, you know. <laughs> the wrong building, sir, the wrong building. This is the LDS, <laughs> the LSD building's over there. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so, but in about, I think it was 2018, the church released like an official statement for like press, you know, like here's how we'd like to be referred to if you're going to write an article about us. And they said, initially referred to us as the full official name of the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and thereafter refer to people or members as members of the church. And they said, you know, to specify, they said the term Mormon and the term LDS are not how we wish to be known as, but LDS is, is equitable to Mormon. So it's not like a more esteemed way to be like, you know, it's not like black and African-American, you know, it's like right. it's officially they want us to say the church. And we just rebranded our logo and everything in the church got rebranded this year. This is like a pivotal year for the church. 
why is there something go, like why this well, a year new profit a new profit i don't i think he's been in hold on mark when was president nelson confirmed he's been the profit for for <laughs> shut up ashley <laughs> i have a new profit guys new profit <laughs> he's new been profit. in power for 400 yeah, years and it's all profit. good <laughs> i've been filming a reality show okay yeah you've been busy girl yeah you've busy. been a little busy yeah 2017 so we have a new profit so now um this is a fun little bit of housewife trivia. Do you want me to mm, get Obviously. So the new logo of the church is this Danish sculpture called the Christus, and it's Christ outstretched in like white robes, all white marble. And we have those in like a lot of our visitor centers and which are the buildings adjacent to the temple because public can't go into the temple, but they can go to the visitor center and learn about the faith. And that statue, that Christus statue is on the mantle in the backdrop of like my confessionals. Just yes. Christ saying, come back to me, Heather. Stop. I love it. Doing? That might be my favorite backdrop ever of a housewife, mm-hmm. maybe ever existing. Uh, that has to be kind of weird for you. I'm like, I just like a grandpa, and Christ is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second part of the question is elaborate on the Mormon-ish part. Oh. I mean, are you cherry picking part of the religion that you like, or you're just less devout? What's how would you describe it? Well, right now, I would not know how to describe it, but Mormon-ish, I use that term because I feel like I am Mormon. It's embedded in me. There's no way to escape it, but I am not a practicing Mormon. And so much of Mormonism is like based on our behavior, like what we do every day defines us as a Mormon. That's just, that's not true for Lutherans. That's not necessarily true for Episcopalians. You know, you can be Lutheran your whole life and just never go to church and still identify as Lutheran. Mormonism is a little bit more participatory. You know, you can't participate unless you're living it. Right. You said in, in, I believe it was the pilot episode that you were a bad Mormon because you liked a ton of things, including you were like, I love gay people. I refer to them as homosexuals. I don't like the gays or I love the gays and I'm a gay. So I just wanted to clarify. Right, 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 right. What was it like when you met your first openly gay person? Or do you remember like meeting someone and either being told that they were gay or kind of picking up perhaps that they were gay? And how did you feel about that? First gay person I ever met was my mom's good friend, Shauna. Sorry. (laughs) Shout out to Shauna. Shauna, what a vibe. You asking me this question really brought this memory up and I'm going to go back and ask my mom and I don't know if she'll be able to answer it. Um, Frankly, that's part of the problem of our faith is we just, we don't like to talk about anything that doesn't fit the mold because it's just too many questions. It's pulling out a yarn on a sweater, you know, and nobody does it. Right. But my mom had a best friend named Shauna, who I remember my mom telling me that Shauna was, I think she probably said struggling with same sex attraction. That's what we, Mm. that's the term we use because it was a struggle. Right. And something she was grappling with. And my mom was her friend. You know what? This is why I remember Shauna as the lesbian because Shauna played softball and wore knee socks over to our house. And I, and now when people make stereotypical softball lesbian jokes, I'm like, not so stereotypical. First lesbian I met, big softball player. Just saying, you know? (laughs) Well, I'll give you a counter. I tried out for the softball team my junior year of high school. And they were like, yeah, no. Like they were just like just midway through, midway through, they were like, let's bring the eighth graders on the field. Like you're a disgrace. Like you weren't gay enough for us, Liz. You're only really bi, you know what I mean? I know. 
you were only giving them 50% effort. They're like 50% effort for this one. She can't be on the team. She can get up to bat, but she can't swing. And that was really what they determined. We need tinch hitter if we're desperate. Yeah. But like, we're going we're gonna to go with our tried and true. Okay? The 100 percent Exactly. But did you feel exactly. any kind of way around Shauna or... Like, are you like thinking she's going to go to hell or something no, like that? No, I didn't have, because my mom didn't present it in that way at all. And it's just funny that my mom even may have culpit at all, because I was, like, I was 10. I didn't know who Shauna slept. I didn't know scissoring right. was in the thing. You know, I didn't, I, I couldn't, <laughs> you know, I just, she, but she told me that and she was our friend. She came over and like, she was friends with our family. And I think my mom was doing it kind of as a missionary effort. They met somewhere randomly. And, you know, my mom was like, cool and evolved, but she was rigidly Mormon. So certainly we could have lesbians over if they were showing an interest in changing, you know, mm, <laughs> if they were, like, if they were open to the wrongs of their ways, you know, I'm, but that's the first gay person that I ever met. And there wasn't a lot of discussion around. It. I just remember Shauna intersecting our life for like a summer. What if my mom had an affair with Shauna, you guys? Do you think? Like, I don't know. Listen, I, with an adult perspective, anything is possible. Think of what adults hide. Think of what adults go through. Riches of Madison County. I have to say more. I right. mean, secrets. Especially I mean. in a religion that would teach you that like, you know, you have to frame it from the sense of like, you need to recover from this sickness right. or something. You know what I mean? Like I would hide that too. Yeah. Overcome this temptation, the sin that's keeping you from God. Right. And you know, you married into Mormon royalty for 11 years, right? And then distance yourself from the church after you got divorced. What I'm curious about, and they don't really go into this, and maybe you talked about this on the show, but we just didn't get to see it as a fan. But if your ex was so Mormon, how did he view divorce? Because isn't that pretty taboo? Like, how did he take it? Like, I get you thinking it, but him. That was the big kicker. That was the big lie. The great lie is that I married a man never discussing those things because they weren't on the table. It wasn't an option. You right. get married in the temple for time and all eternity. Eternity is never ends. <laughs> you know, right. it's not, if we're going to be companions through life and help each other. It's, it's called the new and everlasting covenant. And it is the pinnacle covenant you make in order to live with and reside with God forever. Who is getting an ice maker drink in the middle of my interview? Oh, good. I don't no, know. no, no. I like it. It's a vibe. If you hear those things, you guys, I'm, I'm on TV. <laughs> So the new and everlasting covenant is like what you have to have to reside with God forever. And you can only get that through rigorous adherence to the laws or lie. You have two options. You can lie or you can really do it, but that's it. You have to sit and stand before two men, answer questions and say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And one of those questions is, do you affiliate or associate with anyone whose views are contrary to the teachings of the church? And so here you're this 23-year-old kid and you have gay friends and you have anti-Mormon friends and you have friends that party and you sometimes party. You know what I mean? It, that feeds on your brain and you're like, okay, yeah, I need to get away from these people. They're bringing me down. I won't be able to go to the temple or get married from these people, you know? And so you just, it teaches you to live like to a very, very high standard, but also in fear yeah. of losing it all. I mean, it does seem, at least from an outsider's perspective, I've never been with a Mormon. I am not Mormon. Um, but it does seem for a religion that does very much so value perfection. There's a lot of people who fuck up that perfection in that religion kind of constantly. So it is a little weird to me that like 
people are okay striving for that, even though they know God won't take them in if they're not perfect, yet they're okay not being perfect as long as we lie about it. Like there just is a lot of contradiction for me in that, that I can't wrap my head around. Have you wrapped your head around it at all, kind of weaving in and out of Mormonism? No, but I'm getting better at articulating it. You know, I'm I'm better at identifying it and articulating it and recognizing it because when it works, you have no reason to question. You know what I mean? Like when the food comes out hot and ready, you don't care how it's getting cooked. Does that make sense? Like you just, you're just living your life and you have no problems and this seems to work and this plan is great. But then when, you know, my marriage dissolved, so did a lot of my network with the community and my kind of purpose for getting married in the first place and having these kids in the first place. So my hope was gone and I had no palatable future, no vision of a future other than remarrying and having a stepdad for my kids, blending my family, potentially raising someone else's kids and having what I'm just going to say, not to be offensive, but how I felt was like a consolation prize of what I'd set out to get. Right. And how are you motivated to work so hard, sacrifice everything for a shitty consolation prize for participation banner? You know, it didn't resonate with me and I was stuck. I was stuck between not being a good, perfect Mormon and also not wanting to try to be a good Mormon anymore. It is so hard. I'm not a housewife just because of my looks and money. <laughs> I got, I got weird stuff to work out. Well, right, exactly. What is so fascinating as a viewer of this particular franchise is it is a lot about religion, right? And it's the reckoning of like, you know, all of these things that you're just talking about. We see Lisa who has like a- She owns an alcohol company as a Mormon. I don't get how you can do this. And I bring it up because- You know, she had posted on her social media because I went like on a deep dive, love looking at shit people post, even just like eight months before they get on a show. Cause I'm like, let's just see what you forgot to clean up here. <laughs> and I, <laughs> myself included, by the way, cause if you yeah, go into the, sure. you, if you go into the deep Liz Cully archives, it's fucking classic. I mean, it's a dark and I, time. It's yeah. no, it's a fun, weird time. Right. <laughs> but in my archives, you find porn pics of Andy Cohen that I posted in tribute. Stop like, it. I was like a married mom of three. Andy Cohen. Oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> That's it. I can't sleep now, Heather. Great. She posted Great. this video for LD, for the LDS church that looked very much like a promo video. And it's of a gay guy who's a member of the church talking about how great it is being gay in the church. Is that like a thing? I don't know. I guess well, that I know was- that man. His name is Dan like Schlesinger or something. Yes. Dan Schlesinger. Yeah. yeah, because he's the only one. Okay. okay? And the title of his book is- Yes, I'm gay and I'm Mormon. Am I crazy? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Because it was it was one of those things where I'm like, I have to talk to Heather about this because this doesn't like, make can he any be sense. Out? Yeah, like is he like, is he's out. Like, he's out. He's like, I'm gay. And even in the video, there's like fucking rainbows everywhere. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> but do you think that, so he is the only, okay, so he's the only gay. <laughs> the Mormon he's the church. only gay Mormon to ever have lived. So, yeah. No, there are so many wonderful, active gay Mormons, but they are mostly in mixed orientation marriages. Okay. Yeah. They are mostly resigned to kind of a lot of shame and self-loathing. I mean, that's, I, it's not my experience, but I would assume because sure. I see what they're willing to deny. And, you know, I would never presume that like my experience is like, 
you know, a white rich blonde woman leaving Mormonism is similar to coming out of the closet for anyone that was in the closet that was, you know, gay. But it's a similar thing where you have to like, you can do this. I can be Mormon, but I'm denying a significant part of who defines me and how I, you know, what makes me uniquely me. And that is what you can be gay and Mormon. We have shifted our position to where it's, we don't say it's an abomination and you're going to hell. We, we used to, we have books that we would assign kids to read that they're trying to get taken off the shelves, but books by prophets that say masturbation will send you straight to hell. Suicide is unredeemable and same sex attraction is what we call it. We wouldn't even label it. Anything else is just a sin and overcome it. Get married to a woman and straighten yourself out. Got it. Can you be in a mixed faith I think that's right. A relationship and be a good mixed Mormon. Yeah. Mixed orientation re- relationship and be still be a good Mormon. Like, can yeah. you be a perfect Mormon and still marry a Catholic? No, you can only marry in another act. And we use the term active, meaning like someone that's claiming to live all the rules. You can only marry another active Mormon in the temples. You have to be baptized. And then you have to have what we call received your initial endowment, which means you've gone to the temple, you've declared yourself worthy, you've received the special garments, and you're now part of the adult Mormon community. Similar to a bar about mitzvah, but just much more rigorous and defined. But mixed orientation marriages, so you can be gay and Mormon, but this is where this is where the details are. You must be celibate. You can never actively be in a relationship of love or intimacy. You cannot live with another man. You probably could get around it because I just met a guy the other day that's like, I was married to my roommate at BYU and they got married. This is what's so precious about like my gay Mormon friends. They're just like, okay, I'm gay and I'm in love. But maybe if I go to city hall and get married, God won't condemn me. You know what I mean? So they're like living completely as straight guys that are friends, but they're married and in love because if they're going to do this, they're going to do it right. You know, we're just trying to find some way to make, right. to follow the rules and honor what we've been taught, which is that sex outside of marriage is sinful and wrong and next to murder. That's what we are totally taught from birth. And sex with your same gender is worse than that. So we've had more really brave Mormon advocates that like say, you can be in a mixed orientation marriage. I was a gay man. I have four children. I procreate with my wife is what we call it. You know, I procreate, but I don't have a sexual relationship otherwise, but this is the way that I can fulfill my duty to God and not act on my true nature. Can I just ask a quick follow-up and sorry, Liz, I just have, this is just like uh, getting at me. Did any of these people, did any of these people, say to themselves, God created me this way if he's all powerful. And so maybe it's okay because God created me this way. Like, did anyone ever like take the time to be like, God made me as I am and therefore it must be okay because everything God does is perfect or no? I mean, I'm sure, but like that doesn't, that didn't ever come into my like understanding of my own sins and frailties and character flaws. And I don't think for my friends that ever, if they come to that realization it's because they've left the concept of God as a Mormon God, because the Mormon God creates problems and challenges. You know, like we used to say like really ridiculous things like, well, I love sugar and I have to deny myself of that love of sugar every day in order to be a healthy human. Like that's, and, and so you may love Dick, 
but you have to, you know, like turn that off. Only one and a half of us here like stick. Okay. Only one and a half of us, Heather. <laughs> We're outnumbering you. So yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> we are, Darren. That's we true. Are That's you. true. Can you imagine? And, and it's—I think it's easy for a lot of Mormon moms like me to understand that problem for like our gay friend. Like, well, you're just going to have to never have sex, and you're, you don't, doesn't mean you have to marry a woman and live a lie, but you have to be celibate. And we expect that of women too. We say, you know, if you don't—if you're not married, you can't have sex ever. So like I've had some, and I, that's truly Catholic doctrine too. Yeah, yes it is. Yes, it is. They're not as behavior based as Mormons and Mormons. You can feel whatever you want to feel in your heart, but if you never, like I could look at, well, that's not true. We don't like porn. I was going to say like, you can have thoughts in your head. Like I could picture every time I have sex with a man that I'm really having sex with a woman and I'm a pure lesbian. As long as I've never had sex with a woman, I can have all of the blessings and all of the things. But so I either have to lie about it or never do it. But those are the only two options. So if someone says gay and Mormon works, yeah, so does celibacy and Mormon works, you know? So right. does, right. you don't say to a priest, you know, like you're gonna have to be celibate your whole life. Like they know what they're entering into. But right. to expect that of a gay Mormon kid and tell them, no, 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 it's not, it is an option for you. This is what you have to do. Right. Deny yourself every human instinct that you have. Being a priest is a choice. Being gay is not. And that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. I mean, so you talk about when you got married, you had, you know, you had had gay friends, you were in college, you were having a good time. Though I do appreciate that you clarify that you were not flashing people on the show as Lisa <laughs> insinuated. Good time. Let's be yeah. clear. <laughs> also like who good time flashes? Heather. That's right. That's Ooh. such a dumb, I would, I'm like, who? I love that. Like I would flash you guys right now. Like who cares? Like that's the most innocent thing really, ever. Darren? I'm like, I would, I, I mean, would, if I knew I'd get a round of applause, but I'm not going to get that with listen, this round. I mean, it got me, it's kept me on the show. I'm a meme. I'm here for it. Fair. I it's think just, it's such a dumb thing, you know, to just like, but it's, it's really, it's a girl on girl thing, you know? Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, She's flash. What a whore. You right. Know? Well, and it's interesting because I, for many reasons, I have fallen in love with you, but something. <laughs> I was about to say, should we ask Darren to leave? Because I'm feeling this too. I mean, well, ditto. I'm, I'm kind of like sweating a little. At the very least, a man sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. I've never been ousted like this. Liz Darren is going to hold this is. over my head for years, Heather. I don't like, understand hey, that. She had at the same time. Like, you know what? <laughs> turn her camera off. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Darren. See ya. Wow. But what really <laughs> struck me, what resonated with me, was when you were really vulnerable about the friendships in the group, particularly yeah. the way that Lisa talked about you and treated you in regards to how you, when you guys knew each other in college, of course you fucking knew each other when you went to college. Nah. She knew she was a party girl, right? And then no. to claim she didn't know her, but she knows this really intimate fact about her. Okay. Anyway. And, and not to like make anyway. this about me, but I grew up with so many mean girls. I grew up in San Francisco. I grew up in high society, whatever you guys want to call it. It's kind of embarrassing to say it that way, but it's the fact. Nob she Hill. was a, she was a did, debutante. Heather, darling. I she was did a debutante. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a debutante. Yeah, she just, she's a white blonde from San Francisco. Like done. We're picking up what you're laying down. We got it. <laughs> but I was never one of those girls, right? Like I was always around, but I was never one of those girls. And what fucking kills me is this like, oh, I kind of remember you. I don't remember you. It's such a fucking put down. And then you talked about later, you know, this fear of those kind of mean girl relationships being, I think, nourished more by people like Jen, 
like one, thank you for being so vulnerable about that. Because I think as women, we like don't talk about those, how that still carries on from childhood into adulthood. And it's, and it totally does. Do you also feel like maybe because of being Mormonish or within the Mormon church, those kind of dynamics still happen? Like you're not on my level, like this quest for perfection then kind of creates this, like, I don't know her kind of a vibe. Creates elitism. Yeah. Elitism for sure is, um, well, it's, it's steeped in our culture, you know, and it's steeped in Mormonism. And I'm pretty open about the fact that I grew up kind of like a superior Mormon, like a cool Mormon, you know, like, yeah, my mom had a lesbian friend, you know what I mean? (laughs) And, but that's, that's elitism, that's superiority. And I think that, um, what I wasn't authentic about on the show And it was one, because I'm just like, was deeply insecure about it. And two, I didn't want to give a lot of voice to it because it it didn't really happen on screen. And it was, it was kind of that, like what you're talking about, this mean girl thing. But I I feel like I could say to you guys, like that game of like, I didn't know her, like we have history. She may, she may not have even seen me on the street, but she knew of me and I knew of her and we had shared friends and shared experiences. And we had sat vigil in a hospital room. You know, we had history. So to use that opportunity to pull a level, that's when the shots were fired. You know, it wasn't about the specifics, but then to contribute, the only detail you want to contribute about me to anyone that's asking is false and negative and just kind of trifling. You know, when, when there's a lot of things to be like, you know what? I don't really remember her from when she was 20, but I sat in the hospital room with her for 48 hours one time. You know what I mean? Like you could find a lot of ways to esteem someone. And it was clearly that she was pulling a level, full mean girl. I don't know her. She's beneath me. And like, I'm just living my life as a sweet, funny, popular girl. And I can't help if people are obsessed with me, you know, that whole vibe. And the truth of it was, it's because I wasn't the shiniest, prettiest, coolest girl in the room. Jen was. But you are the that's, shiniest, that's prettiest the girl. And yeah. that's the, this is where. Well, that's the thing. Plus lesbian, I, sure, sure. We have a different okay, standard. And a bisexual. <laughs> and a bisexual. And also and like, one, is Rihanna fucking sliding in her DMs? Like, come on. So I think right. like watching it, I was just like, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> I'm feeling really triggered. But then I think to watch you be yourself and not be gaslit. And there's a lot of fucking gaslighting in this show. I will just say that, as you know. But I think, you know, and now you've come out of this, I think it was great to kind of stand up for yourself and to show this elitism, whether it's in relationships or in maybe the LDS kind of community and that that's ingrained in the culture. But I love it because no, you fucking came out on top. You're like, no, are you kidding but me? This like this hadn't happened. This is a year later that, that right. the show's wearing that, that Rihanna oh, yeah, started right. in my DMs. Like back then I was still just like plugging along and really under the specter of betraying my faith, betraying my family, betraying Lisa, because we're supposed to be the Mormons, you know? And I mean, I was devastated. Like I really a hundred percent felt like Jen came into this, my friend, and she saw Lisa as the prettiest girl in the room. And like the one with, you know, the most, you know, mean girl, Yeah, yeah. mean girls happen because we're trying to calculate things that are nebulous power how do you are how do you calculate power how do you calculate influence how do you calculate cool you yeah. know so they trade right. in on it and they they gaslight and that was happening and it's devastating because what i wanted to say is because i'm fat and funny and loyal like 
you can just discount me and you're going to, you're going to trade up for the person that could maybe elevate you or hurt you. You know what I mean? Like you're going to. Yes. I believe you just read that from uh, my diary. (laughs) I was unclear. Karen, turn off your camera. I am willing to trade Liz for you. Just saying that out loud. I'm like, are you No, but I think you're so right. And a lot of the, especially as a, as a a woman who identifies as uh, enjoying women uh, sexually, I do find a lot of female on female crime. A lot of times it actually isn't the men. Now in general senses, obviously there's terrible shitty men out there. I'm just saying like, a lot of the times when I look back and Liz and I have mentioned this before, and I look back on the people that were the shittiest to me, I would say 99% of them were the women. Honestly, like I 100%. would, I would really say that. And it's, it's really interesting. What I want to talk about with you, which is sort of related to it is, and I know Salt Lake City filmed a while ago. And so we're, we're you know, this is a little bit of, of a latent question, but um, you know, I've been with Andy for 10 years, so I have seen a lot and I've been through a lot of housewives <laughs> and you know, being a first season cast member on any reality show has got to be a, a unique, you know, mind-blowing experience, let alone on a housewife show where, you know, it's an established franchise, people have their expectations of you. Were you worried at all about how the public was going to perceive you? And not only you, but maybe Mormonism as a whole, especially with how white it is, considering it came out during the height of a Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, it came out, you know, and I'm not saying it wouldn't have mattered a year ago, but now specifically, it seems to really matter. How do you grapple with that? Still couldn't believe that it was really going to happen. And like, and being a housewife, and so I didn't really think about the details of it. Like, Utah is so white. We are so white. I asked my makeup artist this morning, who is not even a practicing Mormon. I say these things just to kind of like give you a little bird's eye view. Family's totally active Mormon. Everyone has Mormonism in the soil. Like everyone does. When people are like, oh, I, I just coexist with the Mormons. You sit them down, you ask them two questions. Their sister's married to a devout Mormon. Right. They couldn't go to their brother's wedding because it was in the temple. You know, their uncle committed suicide because he was gay. Like, you know what I mean? There's like, there's Mormonism everywhere, but we're trying to like live independently of it. So I thought that like the whiteness of it, but I asked my makeup artist, I said, do you have any straight male black friends? And she said, no. She's like, I don't have any black friends. She's like, I don't even know a single black person. And she's not trying. And and I just said, you know, like, I felt just this, like, just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's the truth of Utah. Yeah. You know, not that she doesn't want to know that it's, she's not, there's no one around there being that. People criticize us for not hiring diversity. And we're like, what we are, we are beating the bushes to, we have men working at a med spa. We have any woman of color that applies, you know what I mean? We are, we have mixed orientation. We have alternative marriages. We have all of it, but like, there's just in Utah, we are not that diverse Yeah, and we are very Mormon. And so I thought if any progress is going to be made in the black lives matter movement, take a group that has been very sheltered from it just because of lack of experience and say, you need to get proactive about this because your complacency is a problem. And yep. it's easy to grow complacent when it doesn't, we don't face it every day. And like, yet Salt Lake City is also one of the most diverse casts of all of the housewives. I was going to say. Right? And the like, whitest place. So that's also an enigma in and of itself. Like you guys are kind of breaking the barrier in a multitude of ways for being kind of this white bread society that, you know, people look at with weird underwear about, you know what I mean? Like you guys, totally. right. And it's I interesting. Wanna- Safe enough to say I am a white woman and there is no way that racism isn't steeped in me just the way sexism is steeped in me, just the way the patriarchy is steeped in me and like, help me find my way out. 
you know, like, because I want to be better and I want to be the change and I want to teach the change to my children. So, you know, like Housewives of Salt Lake City at the height of Black Lives Matter couldn't be a better platform for that if we're willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like your cast members are open to it as well. I mean, do you feel like you're kind of the one person in the crew that's like championing that? Or do you think other people are open and receptive to that as well? I think everyone is open, receptive, and is doing their best to be as evolved as they can be, you know, and as progressive as they can be. I think that is everyone's end goal. But I think it's very destructive to hide behind institutions that systematically repress, you know, homosexuals and have it convoluted history with racism and say, you're just negative and angry and bitter and making us look bad. I'm really not. Like I have only love and respect and admiration for the way I was raised, but I'm questioning it now. And I'm saying there are certain things we have to address. If we keep gay people out of heaven, that is the antithesis of love. Yeah. Love is love, but don't have sex. Love is love, but don't tell us about it. Love is love, but still marry a woman and God will reward you in the hereafter. It's active gays that wouldn't make it to heaven, not actual gay people. If I don't act on it, I can do it. It doesn't make me any less gay, but yeah, I mean, that's... And one of the reasons Liz and I started Scissoring Isn't a Thing, which is, you know, a huge stereotype of lesbians. I mean, everyone's always like, how do women have sex with each other? You know, and you're like, uh, not like this, dude. Not like that. We braid like, each I, other's hair. We braid each other's hair. We didn't have to stop having sex at 25 because we wouldn't be flexible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This 32-year-old cannot bend that way, I assure you. But we also lean into a little bit of stereotypes here. We were kind of talking about the softball thing earlier. And sometimes they're not so bad because it helps and it's funny and there's a way to kind of break the ice. What is a stereotype of Mormonism you think is completely inaccurate? And then what is a stereotype of Mormonism you think is accurate? A stereotype that I think is accurate is that we are very friendly and we are very service-oriented. We're, we're kind, polite, good people. That's a stereotype that holds true. A stereotype that also holds true is that we practice colorism within the faith, which is certain Mormon Mormonism levels, you know what I mean? Like that are esteemed more valuable. And we, we look down on people that aren't married in the temple or their son didn't go on a mission. Their daughter got pregnant. They don't attend their youth activities, you know, just like little weird things. Honestly, I'm just going to say it. I hear my dear Mormon friends that forget all the time. Cause I'm really good at like being Mormon. Like I, I just jump in and swim. And so I'm at these mom things and they forget because I'm still rich and I'm still showing up and I'm still, you know, taking my kids to church. They forget that I'm single and they'll say things like, Ooh, this guy asked her, I think he's, I think his mom works or he's from a broken home. I don't think they're active. And we say these things with kindness and, you know, pathos and love, but what all they're saying is like, you know, right. we're judging you and we're right. Of course, they're not Mormon. They're lesser than they're not worthy of they're my son. Than. They're not worthy of my daughter. And I want her to date him or I want her to go here. And the kids, it bleeds into the kids' relationships. The kids, my friend's daughter came home the other night from a date and said, oh, it's so-and-so's son. And I was like, you have two shits. You're 16. Why are you telling me? But that's God. what we do. Yeah. Right. Because we know his dad's a state president or a bishop or his mom was a general authority's daughter. You know, like we have these terms of, of esteem. And because we are a Mormon community and we're insular and we're small and we are rigid. We have strict requirements. So it's easy to see someone wearing a tank top. You guys, I, I wore cutoffs into a, a Michael's Hobby Craft Store with my daughter this summer. 
And I felt okay because I had a mask on, but I also thought if I see anyone, I'm going to say that I was swimming or that I was on a boat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. that's how I think. Wow. Because it's just so ingrained in you. I see a friend in like short shorts and I'm like, oh, she must be getting divorced or leaving the church. I mean, it's honestly, like- I find shorts to be like one of the scariest decisions. <laughs> like, I don't own a, a single yeah. pair of shorts. <laughs> it's a harbinger of things to come and it's not good. You know? my, my thighs touch, honey. So that, so cut off shorts are, are like You're two steps away from leaving the church. All right. Devil. Hellfire is forming on those thighs. Liz, you'd make a perfect Mormon, you know? I need to come to Beauty Lab and get a little thylate treatment, let me tell I you, I told honey, you she was going to do it, Heather. I- See how she's like wholesome and blonde and like big green eyes and like, you know. Red the- lip for you today, Heather. What do I look like, Heather? Naughty. You look just like your average run-of-the-mill lesbian. What am I gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Don't I, though? Don't yeah, she does. I, though? Yeah, she does. Yes. <laughs> with a Y. We all know. Yeah. Don't we to- get it, Darren. We get it. We got- I got it. You know, I got it. Oh, oh, put your softball mitt down, yeah. Darren. We, picked- we got the medal. As I come <laughs> in, I'm wearing two softball mitts. I'm like, hey, Heather, what's going on? Oh, my God, I'm dead. Like listening to Katie Lang yeah. and just like. Hey, just- don't be talking shit on Katie Lang now. She is a goddess. <laughs> also, Katie Lang <laughs> fucked everybody in the club. Let's, yeah. Lest we all forget that Katie Lang was like cleaning house. Yeah, Katie got it. Hi, guys. I'm Heather Thompson, host of In My Heart podcast. In My Heart started with the concept of conversations with friends, experts, learning more, encouraging independent thinking, and digging deeper into topics to inspire new perspectives. My vision and mantra for life is finding my freedoms and following what drives my light, energy, and happiness, and allows me to shine. I really want that for you too. Please join me each week as I speak to old friends and new about all of the things in my heart, our experiences, and how we find our freedoms together. New episodes come out weekly, every Tuesday, wherever you stream your podcast. See you then. I feel like we should play our little scissor me this game. I think we should. We got a couple good ones for you, Heather. We got a couple I good ones. Liz. All day. This should be your third. Uh, can you come yes. on for a part two? Because I still have so many fucking questions. We have so you. many like, questions. Also, I don't know if you saw this um, on my social media last night, Heather, but I'm putting this. I did not because I, it was an episode oh. night. I was live tweeting. I oh, yeah. Fair. Fair. She's got to work, okay. Liz. She got to work. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm putting this out into the ether. And I ju- I told this ether and uh, universe, same, I same. I said this to Darren last night. Heather Gay and her gays, Sundance Film Festival 2022, I guess, if it's yeah. safe, live episode of Scissoring is a thing. You are our MC. You are hosting it. We're going to go fucking banana cans. It, I'm manifesting. And we're staying at your house. Let's manifest it. I manifested Colin five years ago. Like if in this room, I've got my manifestations prove true. Amen. It's happening. So yes. that would be so cool, you guys. How fun would that be? Uh, we, I would the best. To the town. We have one gay bar. It's called the Sun Trap. It's fabulous. Yes. Sun Trap. The Sun Ooh. Trap. That's I have we're to ask it. Brooks Marks yeah. where to go. I have to ask him where all the gay gay oh, hotspots yeah. are. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll and we'll right, wear like track. Ahead. We'll wear track suits with like little holsters or little outfits, and then I'm going to spend a whole week we're in at Beauty Lab getting treatments. Oh, oh God. God. I'm wearing knee socks and those white those 
those terry cloth shorts that have the white trim <laughs> i will be in my tool belt you guys can see me in in the corner okay heather scissor me this it's a fun little rapid fire game we you, we know you'll have some fun with this one if you could go gay for one night who would you choose Rihanna, Madonna, or J-Lo. Also Madonna at, at, at any stage of Madonna. It could be Ray of Light or it could be like a prayer, whatever you choose. It's Rihanna. Because I think J-Lo is, I'd be nervous. I think I'd have performance anxiety <laughs> with J-Lo. And Madonna, maybe too kinky for me. I think Rihanna is really kinky though, I'm warning you. But, but I feel like Rihanna's a slow- She'd uh, ease her into it. She'd ease her, in, yeah. You know? She'd ease her into it. Like Madonna smoke. might just like pull out like some sort of whip and be like, Fair. you're going to be a lesbian tonight, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, and I'd be like, <laughs> but Rihanna yep. would ease me into it and we'd probably, she'd probably have some great, you know, I'm, I'm going Rihanna. Yes. Nice. This is why I love Heather Gay. Okay. You go <laughs> on a few dates with a guy. You're getting cozy with him. He invites you back to his house. You're game. You're down. What is one thing that if you see in his house and or apartment, it's an immediate red flag to you and you have to leave? First of all, I'm pretty desperate. So it, it's, this doesn't mean I'm going to leave. But I'm gonna, it's going to raise an alarm bell. I'm going to say a sword on the wall or any sort of like Japanese. <laughs> oh Japanese scrolls and a sword. <laughs> Fair enough. You're not dating any like samurais or anything, right? Exactly. Or like a weird goblet, you know, like some sort of cosplay thing going on. Yeah, that would be it. I'd be like, I'm going to just, I'm going to hit it and quit it, you know? Let's get no Halloween decor for you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, my. Or like Lord of the Rings, like one of those like blankets that's like actually like a mural. You want to see my golem ring, you know? Mm -mm. Oh, my God. Mm -mm. Um, Okay. If you could raid one of your castmates' closets, who would you raid? Mary, Jen, or Meredith? Mary, hundred percent, Mary. Really, she's got enough clothes to clothe the world. Are they good? Yeah, purses and shoes and accessories, and like, I mean, you guys, she has like the eleven thousand dollar like Chanel vintage bottle rocket purse. Like, she has the one offs that like I could throw on. Like, like yeah, I'm gonna go with Mary. I love a messy closet too. I love a hoarding closet. It feels like TJ Maxx. Like I could just throw stuff in. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. It's like supermarket sweep in there. I was just going right. to say that. If you had to go on one other reality show of these that I'm about to mention, which would you choose? The Bachelor, 90 Day Fiance, or Double Shot at Love with Vinny and Pauly D from Jersey Shore? Double Shot at Love, Vinny and Pauly D, just to be around them and smell their cologne. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Maybe have them give me a side hug. Or a bones if I do a good job. We'll make this That's happen. Yeah. I just interviewed Vinny earlier this week. I'm setting this up. I'm setting this up. This has got to okay. happen. Okay. I have female energy, which I I'm like a vampire for that just like tanning t-shirt time, straight male energy of it. <gasps> so that fucking good. It's classic. Okay, I have one more. We know yeah. Rihanna slid into your DMs, which I honestly would have, I don't know if I would have been able to hand. I, I, I think P pass out. I don't know. It would have been one of the two or the both. What Bravo celebrity has slid into your DMs like wh- that was either really surprising or really exciting? Oh, first of all, any Bravo celebrity that throws me a bone, I'm thrilled by. I'm going to say Leah McSweeney. Because you know what? Leah Girl. doesn't throw it around. She's a gem. Because... I secretly stan Leah, but like 
I'm, I think there's so many things about her that are similar to me that I'm like scared to admit it because then be like, oh, she's just copying Leah, which I do. I copy her all the time. So that's a problem. But I, she did slide in my DMs and was very, very cool. And I have mad respect for her. I think, don't talk about my vagina or my mental health. I love yes. Leah. I love her. We've also had Leah on. We were her first interview. Yeah. But Leah is that way in real life and she's very kind. And I love that that's who you picked. Anyway, that's- that, She see, doesn't throw it around though. You're right. It is like royalty yeah. getting it. It's like, it's nice getting it from everyone. But if you know they're texting everyone, it doesn't feel special. Leah's yeah. focused. Okay, last that's one. gives heart, pink hearts on a lot of people's posts. And so I'm just like, Steph, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Like you have to be a little more discerning. Otherwise I'm not going to think it's as important. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Last, last one for you, Heather. And I feel like now that I've gotten to know you a little bit more over the past hour, I know you're going to answer this, but fuck, Mary kill Andy okay. Cohen, Anderson Cooper, or Don Lemon. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, I marry Andy. I marry Andy. I don't even flinch. Nice marry Andy. Yeah. You got to marry Andy. Of course. I fuck Anderson. Silly. You'd, you'd fuck fucking Vanderbilt boy. I make him kneel. You like I just I just gonna sub the shit out of Anderson. And then Don, I'd have to kill Don. Sorry about so that. You and Anderson is like the two whitest people having sex, <laughs> if that were the case. Like it would It'd literally be, be two alabaster humans, and I would absolutely love it. It's so hilarious. And I would just be doing it so that I could create anecdotes that I could go home and tell my husband Andy about it. Like, I'd have a specific reason for all these. Oh, you won't right. believe what I did with Anderson. And like, you know, Andy would be like, oh my God, give me the tea. Yeah. Give me the tea. How was yeah, it? Totally. I, would, I, would, I love oh, this answer. I, I knew you'd love this. So that's what I did. You know? Oh my God. I'm that's dead. how I'd roll. Good answer. Oh my God, Heather, I love you we love you we absolutely adore you you guys i've been jonesing to come on this for so long like before i think i slid into the dms and then you guys had justin i'm just i just love everyone you have on and honestly it was dave dave nines i can't think of his real last name what's yeah, Dave's last name dave, dave quinn. quinn his interview his story was yeah yeah i just loved it you know you guys know i loved it it was so great and so good and i love him i think he's so funny and cool and that was when i was just like this is I'm a cisgender straight feeling. I need to be on this show. Yeah, you do. Well, we needed to have you. And and thank you for answering every question that we had, you know, and like shedding a light on a lot of things that I think people either look down upon because they don't know anything about it or just, you know, purely ignorant of everything. And we always appreciate you kind of breaking the mold out there. It's hard. And there is literally no better person to do it than you, in my opinion. You are truly a beacon of light and we absolutely love you. Well, I'm grateful to be here. I'm happy to do it. And I'm going to continue to show up. Yes. And you have been. And I can't wait to show up at your front door <laughs> whenever it's safe. I have all my ski attire over That's here. Right. Ready, ready and willing. I'm Got excited. this face ready for beauty lab. Love a beauty treatment. Darren knows. And I just, oh my God. Like, just a quiet we- romantic dinner. Just us two. Yes. You know, just to talk about things. All Lots right, well, I'll be at the table next door, <laughs> motherfuckers. Jesus Christ, I'm getting ousted from this threesome. No, but Heather, you are a new friend. We are going to hang out. I'm going to tell, I'm going to text Leah right now. And we just, yes. don't change. Please just Please keep don't. being your person. You're so well, perfect. Oh, yeah, like you. yes. yeah, we will. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. Thank Scissoring you, Heather. Scissoring can be a thing. Us three. We yeah, scissored. You guys didn't see it, but we scissored this entire episode. And Heather managed to have a conversation. She's a wonder woman, honestly. It's been truly a pleasure. Yeah. Well, talented. Heather, yes. where can everyone find you on social to follow all of your amazingness? I'm Heather Gay on Instagram. And my business is Beauty Lab and Laser. 
And it is a beautiful business that it is. And for all of you out there, please follow us at SIET Podcast. Follow me at Carpe Darren and Liz at Listen to Liz. Rate, review, subscribe, and just love gay people, but especially Heather Gay. Gotta love her. That's key. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.